we're going through the series on Galatians, for those of you who may not know. So I, wanna, I want to take some time to cover uh, the first half of Galatians chapter 4, and then want to bring us back and close uh, the meeting with uh, talking about God's faithfulness and his goodness over restorations and where he has brought us from and where he's bringing us into. So, um, so if you have your Bible with you, please turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 4. I'm going to have some of the verses up here also uh, for you to know. So anyway, just to a quick summary, Galatians chapter 3. Yes, but last week, Jake uh, finished Galatians chapter 3 with an encouragement. An encouragement for us. As you can see, we take things very seriously around here. Um, so we, Jake finished Galatians chapter 3 with an encouragement for us to know that we've been set free. We've been set free according to his promise through our faith in Jesus. Uh, Jake talked about it's not about how many good things we have done. It's not about how many terrible acts that we have done. It's not how much money we've given to homeless people. It's not how well we dress or how we, uh, our appearances. It's, it's not how good of a life that we have lived. You, know, you can't say, I haven't had a sip of alcohol. I haven't had a, 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 a smoke any cigarette. I have not cursed. I have not cheated. It's not of those things. Not of those things at all. We've been set free from this life, this finite life, the life that is under the dominion of darkness, only by our faith in Jesus. Uh, and through our faith in Jesus, through our belief in Jesus, which is the Son of God who died on the cross to pay for the cost of our eternal freedom. So uh, through our faith in Jesus, we have received... I think um, you guys remember this, receive an infinite life, right? We had a finite life, now we have an infinite life through Jesus, eternal life, and can come into his kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. So that was in Galatians chapter 3. So Galatians chapter 4 is about how people should live as people who belong in the kingdom of God, both spiritually and mentally. We, we do not have the time to go through every single uh, every verse in the, the first 20 verses of chapter 4, but I want to encourage everyone to read through these again slowly in your own, in your own quiet time. Uh, but chapter 4 talk about the, a transformation in how we live because we are children of God through our faith in Jesus. Again, I want to stress that through our faith in Jesus. It's not about positive thinking. It's not about, you know, like I joke around this morning, wake up with a smile on your face. It's not about a new mindset. It's not like trying to um, discipline your mind, like I'm going to go on a diet, so I've got to shift my mindset, I've got to eat healthy all the time, or I'm trying to live healthy, so I need to go to the gym three times and, and discipline yourself. Or, or just if I'm going to quit smoking, so I'm just going to discipline myself to quit smoking. No, it's not about our mindset. It's about the transformation through experiencing the greatest love in all of history. It's about being transformed from within, starting with our hearts. It all starts with our hearts. And you can see why I say that, and I want to go into that, is because our minds, we can't just shift from the beginning with our minds because our minds cannot comprehend the supernatural, right? Our minds cannot explain creations. Science still hasn't come up with the answer for creations. And our minds cannot explain why people do the things that they do. Right? When, when you see people are in love, they do crazy things, right? Yes? You can admit it, you do crazy things, things that doesn't make sense to other people. So it all starts with our hearts, and that's what God works with. He starts with our hearts. In order to be transformed 
or to live a transformed life as children of God, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead our hearts, to guide our hearts, allow the Holy Spirit to slowly transform us from the inside out. That transformation starts with our hearts. Again, I want to stress that, not with our minds. That's where the Spirit of God is. That's where the Holy Spirit resides, right? Because 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 said, God set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guarantee, guaranteeing what is to come. Because that's where God put his spirit. That's where his spirit resides. Let our hearts, where the Holy Spirit resides, set the direction for our lives and use our minds and our brains. We need to use them. You know, we need to use our brains and our minds. Use our minds and our brains to find a way to get to our destinations. So our heart will set, a, set the direction, set the vision. Use our brains to get to it. Don't let our brains set the direction when it comes to the matter of God or the kingdom of God. It's, I use this as an example. You want to get from point A to point B, right? And there's a pond in the middle between point A and point B. If our heart is telling us to get from point A to point B, that's where we're going to go. But our brain is going to tell us how to get around the pond to get to point B. So that's an example that I want to use in terms of let our heart set the vision, set the direction for where we want to go. Use our brains to get around the obstacles, to get to our final destination. And the reason that God put his, heart, his spirit in our hearts and not in our brains is because in our hearts, that's when we experience his love for us. So when we experience his love for us, we can understand his love for all people, not just the funny people, not just the cool people, not just the people at our age, not just the people who has the same interests as us, not just the people who look like us, but we can understand his love for all people. And through that understanding, we can put the concerns for others before ourselves because we want to do the things that God wants us to do. An example of people who are led by their hearts, I can just... I want to use this as a practical example. Is people who are led by their hearts are pioneers and explorers. There's a sense of fearlessness, right? All the significant people throughout history, explorers, they are led by their hearts, not by their minds. For example, who would want to cross the ocean? If you think about it, you're going to die. Does anyone know how insignificant we look when we're in the middle of the ocean? I have. I have been in the middle of the ocean. When I look around on a small raft, you don't realize how insignificant you are until you look around and realize. You can go for weeks and months and not reach land. So when people are led by their hearts, they have fearlessness. There's a fearlessness to it. There's a pioneer. It's like, no, I'm going to make it. I'm going to find a way to make it. I'm not going to let the, rat, the practical in my mind stop me. Take the path less travel, right? Cross the ocean. Cross the rough terrain. Make your own path. So all those people are led by their hearts. With our minds, we always think about the practical. Right? We think about the risk. I, I can say this because this is what I do. I think about the risk a lot and a lot of time. I calculate the risk and I calculate the cost. It's like, well, that may be too much. I don't want to pay that cost. I don't want to pay that price. Because if we let our mind lead us, let our mind set the directions, we probably would never go anywhere. We would play it safe. Right? We, 
I will only go as far as it's safe for me to go, and I will not go further. It's the same thing the Israelites. I think we are familiar with this, right? When Moses led them into freedom because they were thinking with their minds, well, let me go back because that's where the, I can have food. I have safety. They don't think about the beyond. What's going to happen? So anyway, I just want to use that as an example. So that's why for us living as followers of Jesus is not, it is not about positive mindset. It's not about being optimistic. It's not about needing to act like you have everything together, you know, when you always know the answer. Because there are some rough days, right? There are some tough seasons. It's okay to admit that, but we can find the joy in His Spirit, the joy in who God is. Because if you don't admit there are tough seasons, either you are oblivious or you're living in denial. I'm sorry to say that if you haven't heard that one before. Don't live in denial. So therefore, I want to come back to say living as followers of Jesus is about allowing his spirit, which was deposited, right? First Corinthians chapter 2, sealed in our hearts to blossom, to guide us, to lead us, to set the direction for us, to set the vision for us, because we are allowing his spirit to set the vision for us. I want to set the scene for us to know the importance of why we must be led by our hearts, which is where the seal of his spirit resides, right? So instead of our brains. I want to set the scene for that because today, this morning I want to focus on Galatians chapter 4, verse 5 through 7. This should be on the back there. So let's read through these, uh, these verses together. To redeem those under the law that we may receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your heart again. God sent the spirit of his son into your heart. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. So firstly, scripture is using the word son, but it's meant to address all of us. So for those ladies, it's also dollarship, if I can say that. Both sons and daughters, because if we go back to Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, um, the scripture said, if you have faith in Jesus, we are one. There's no longer male, female, uh, slave, free, and um, Gentile or Jews. We are one. So anyway, I just want to clarify that just for those who um, may feel a little bit left out or offended. Uh, and keep in mind regarding the previous chapter that God has promised to set us free, to be his people again. And at an, at an appointed time, he sent his son to set us free. So as we accept Jesus, as our, if I can use a term, if we accept Jesus as a ticket into the kingdom of God, right? Back into the kingdom of God. So the proof of that ticket, if I can use that term, into the kingdom of God is his spirit on our heart. Because we have accepted him and received him. And his spirit is on our heart. It's not a stamp on our forehead. It's not, it's kind of funny looking. It's not a stamp on our forehead. It's not tattoos on our bodies. It's not in the way that we dress. As I said earlier, it's not in the way that we walk or what we eat or what we don't eat. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. That is our ticket into the kingdom of God. So again, I want to say that again. I'm going to say that over and over again until you're sick of it, until it's completely singing. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts not our minds. This is why it's important for us to search for and listen to our hearts. Because that's where the Holy Spirit resides. That's where the Holy Spirit will bring revelation to us. 
That's where the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and set direction for us. So I want to touch on the adoption to sonship, right? Daughtership, so to speak. Um, for those of you who may or may not know this, uh, Paul was using this term to help, un- help Galatians understand how, um, what it means to be adopted into the family of God. It's back in those days, you can disown your children, but you cannot disown your adopted children. The reason for that is two reasons. Number one, if you're going to adopt someone, you have time to think about it. You have the means. You, um, you, yeah, so you, have, you plan it out. And you say, oh, I want to adopt someone. And number two, you have chosen someone to adopt. So because of those two reasons, back in those days, you cannot disown your adopted son. But for your regular son, you can't. Because the mentality is, well, you didn't ask for this son. You didn't get to raise this son. You didn't get to pre-qualify this son that you have. So Paul is using that term to let us know that God cannot disown us. We can disown our biological children if we want to. However, not with adopted children. So God will never disown us if we have truly, truly accepted Jesus into our heart. Not just say it, but truly accept it, right? Because Scripture said if you declare with your mouth and accept believe in your heart, and if we do that, and we know with all conviction that if we accept Jesus is God and believe in our hearts, and I think Romans uh, chapter 10 verse 9, I don't remember if I typed that up on there, so Romans chapter 10 verse 9 said, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, again, see that's, there it goes again, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, not with our minds, but believe with our hearts. God will then send his spirit, the spirit of his son into our hearts. We will understand and truly know who is our heavenly father. We'll understand what it is to have a perfect father. The spirit will, within us will allow us to call out Abba, our heavenly father. You know, Abba is a term, it's a very intimate term. It's more than just a title of father. Abba meaning daddy, the daddy who I know and love. There's an intimacy there. Uh, I've, I've said this before. Is uh, The only time in Scripture that we see Jesus call out Abba, Father, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. We know what happened before he went to the cross. He knew what was coming up. And if I can say, that was his toughest moment, his weakest moment, so to speak. Is that theologically incorrect? His most vulnerable moment. He said, Abba, Father, you can do all things. Please take this cup from me, but not your will, but not my will, but your will. So that's what Jesus was calling out to, Abba, Father. There's an intimacy there. I know you. That's, when, that's what it means for us when we have Jesus, the Holy Spirit within us, will allow us to experience and know what it's like to be in relationship with the Heavenly Father. Because if I can be honest, I am a father, so if hopefully I can say this, no earthly father can share and show us what it's like to have a heavenly father. That's why I pray for our kids all the time. I wish that you would come to know God more than anything else. Know our father more than anything else that you ever know. More than how he knows how much I love him because God loves him so much more than I possibly can. I know he's here, so he knows I'm not making this up. So anyway, I just want to say that to explain the, why, why Paul decided to stick the term Abba in there to help the Galatians understand what it means when you are in relationship with Jesus. 
you get to know who our Heavenly Father is. And there's an intimacy with that knowledge, with that understanding. Because you can't just come up to someone, some strangers, and say, Daddy, right? I mean, that person most likely will not accept you. And if that person accepts you, they're not going to give you the privileges and the rights that you may have as a son. Because we're not their son, so we can't get the privileges or the rights that come with being children. So, and, and the privileges that come with being a son or daughter is an inheritance. And that's what Paul is also saying in, in, um, in these verses right here. It's an inheritance. So when we allow the Spirit of God to manifest and grow in our heart, to give us a greater, greater revelation of, of who we are in relation to our God. And we will come to know that we are his children. And through his love, right, experiencing that. Not because he created us, but because of his love. So once we experience it, it, the love that God has for us, we can hear about God's love. An example I like to use is, you know, you talk about God's love all the time, but we need to experience it because you can hear about it, you can read about it, people can talk about it, but until you experience it yourself, you don't really know what it's like. That's why we need his spirit within us to know the love for the Father. Right? I, I say this all the time to, um, to people that I talk to, nothing can replicate experience. You can read books on everything. You can be an expert on everything. But until you actually do it, you realize you're not an expert. So, so that's why we need to experience his, his, his spirit and let ourselves know of his love for us. So the more we know of his love, the more we will have confidence and security to know, I experience God's love. So now I know I'm his sons and daughter. And through our minds, we know that we're his children. So our minds can allow us to live that out. So as we know God's love in our hearts, as I said, we can use our minds to make decisions based on where the Spirit of God is leading us, where God is leading us in our hearts. So that's how we live a transformed life. It's not because we're being optimistic. It's not because we want to just uh, have a changed mindset. We need to start with our hearts and let our hearts set the directions and let our minds make the decision of what to do, where to go, and how to live through our heart. Our hearts where the compass should be. It's where God's seal of ownership resides, right? Yes? Amen? Maybe? Yes. So as I said, our heart is where the compass resides, where the godly compass resides. So that's where it's pointing us toward the kingdom of God. The compass is pointing us to pursue a path toward a godly inheritance. There is an inheritance for you because you are my sons and daughters. I have set an inheritance aside for you, an inheritance from God right? The creator of the universe, the creator of time, the creator of life. So when God has made us an inheritance, he made us heir. So there's an inheritance to it. Not just any inheritance. It's an eternal inheritance because it's from an eternal God. So we need to think from a perspective of eternal perspective, which is much different than what everyone else around us like to think, right? Because we know this in this day and age, it's all about instant gratification, right? If you go on Amazon, you order something, you usually get it by the next day. Sometimes you get it the same day. It's scary, isn't it? Sometimes it could be delivered on the same day. So if we have to wait for one week, it's a long time, right? I just ordered my phone last Friday, and I have to wait until next Friday to get a new iPhone. That's a long time. So that's the world that we live in, is instant, instant gratification. But we need to shift our perspective to recognize that our God is an eternal Father. 
we have an eternal inheritance. So we need to live with an eternal perspective. So when we have a spectrum, even when we have a perspective from a standpoint of just several years, or just several decades, and we focus on our energy and our effort in just those, uh, that season, it's still an instant gratification in relation to an eternity. Ten years is nothing compares to an eternity. Can I say that? That's true, right? So when we shift our perspective, because we have his spirit, God's spirit is put in our hearts, and allow our minds to think with an eternal perspective, we realize that a few years is really nothing. We can make plans, set the direction, set the vision for the years to come, instead of just, well, what I'm going to do after I graduate from high school, when I graduate from college, when I get married, when I have one kid, two kids, three kids, or when I get the next job, when I pay off my bills. If we focus our perspective on just those things, it's not an eternal perspective. So when we allow his spirit to grow within us, set the vision, set the direction for us, it gives us an eternal perspective, and we realize the season that we're in, it may be weeks, it may be months, it may be years, it may be decades, but it's just very small in relation to an eternity because we have an eternal perspective of who our Father is. So we realize that an eternal inheritance, so we need to think from the eternal perspective. I know I said that. I just repeated myself. So, um, so those things, you know, like I was saying, we're focusing on paying off our debts or, or finishing schools and what have you, uh, or getting married and, and having kids. Those things are, are not bad things. Those are good things. Building relationships with other people, those are, those are not bad things. But that should not be all of our focus. That should not be everything that we live for. Because that isn't what we're living for, right? We shouldn't live for those, just those things. We want to live for an eternal inheritance, for eternity. Instant gratification. It's all, real, it's all relative, right? We, I use the Amazon example. One day, two days, decade versus eternity. Instant gratification. Eternal perspective. So focus on eternity. Focus on the eternal inheritance that God has planned for us through our sonship, our daughtership. So the way for us to always think with an eternal perspective is to let the Spirit of God, which resides in our heart, to lead us and to guide us. The Spirit of God will help keep our focus on the eternal inheritance. So if we always turn back to God, our minds will always think eternity with an eternal perspective. With our minds, if we let our minds set the direction, if we let our minds set the vision, our minds will only focus on the practical. We'll only focus on the finite things, on self-preservation. Can I say that? Our minds will only focus on self-preservation. How can I get through this? How can I get by this? What can I do? Versus, I'm a child of God. There is an eternal inheritance waiting for me. Our heart, when our heart set the directions, set the vision for us, use our minds to carry that out instead of the other way around. So it's better, right? Isn't it better to have God set the direction for us versus we set the direction for ourselves? Because we only know things through academics, through the books that we read, through the, the conversation that we talk with people, through the, how many schools that we attend, how many degrees we've had. But when God set the direction for us, he's the creator of all things. He knows all things. 
He has big, big plans for all of us. So I just want to encourage us to think from that perspective. And I want to take us back to restoration on the third birthday, using that as hopefully the groundwork for the things that God has called us to do is allow his spirit to lead us, allow him to set the vision for us, and think from the standpoint that we're sons and daughters of the almighty God, not just people who decided to show up on Sunday to go to church, just because it's the right thing to do, just because it's a good thing to do. We come together because God has called us to be here. He is building his church. He has big, mighty, incredible plans for us. We're the sons and daughters in that household. So three years is nothing in relation to eternity. Can I say that? It's nothing in relation to eternity because God has done amazing things in three short years. If I can show those pictures again. Um, you know, as you can see, there's just a few people worshiping in our living room. We had no big plans. If you really know us, if I can say this on behalf of all those people, we didn't really know much. We still don't know much. We're not good at pretty much anything. We can maybe do, do a few things here and there, but we trust in the mighty God that he has big plans, that he's so much bigger than us. He has big, incredible plans for us, and we're just being obedient to him, being faithful to where he has called us out to be. I mean, that living room can't even fit 15 people, but we want big things. We're dreaming for big things because our heart is what set the vision for restoration, not our minds. Because in our minds, we would have quit after three weeks. Trust me, we would have quit after three weeks. But it's the Spirit of God has set the vision for us, set the direction for us. He has gathered people. I didn't know this before. He has gathered people from many different ethnicities. People from over 15 different countries are here calling restoration his home. That's incredible. Such a small church, but there's so much diversity here. There's so many different generations. We have baby just born a year ago. And we have Marie, who's 22, 20. many generations, 84. And there's a new generation of worshipers coming through, as you may see some of the kids up here uh, once in a while. The people are being impacted in many different neighborhoods. So if you go back to the picture, that's for us in the flesh, on our own, in our capabilities, we can't really do much. But if you go to the next picture, God is growing us. He's adding more to us. He's doing incredible things to us. So impacting different neighborhoods because of where we all live. Different countries, if I can say. Such a small church. We, the representative from Restoration, have been to Paris. We've been to South Africa. And we're going to go to Mexico um, next month because God is calling us for much, much bigger things, much bigger than what we think we can do, much bigger than what our quote-unquote budget allow us to do, but we're trusting that this is where he has called us and we're being obedient to walk that out. That's because we think with an eternal perspective, eternal inheritance for us, not only for us, but an eternal perspective, eternal inheritance for the next generation, for our kids and their kids, because that's who God is. He's not the God of just a few years, a few decades, right? He's a God of eternity, and he wants to bless us. And we're not going to impact just nations. We're going to impact generations because of our obedience, not because of what we can do, because of what God can do for us. He will make a way. He will impact nations and generations through us when we live as sons and daughters, 
with an eternal perspective. So that will take us all back to remember, trust our heart, let our heart set the vision for us because that's where God's spirit is. He wants to show us mighty, big, incredible things. Our minds will get in the way. It's good to study. I read a lot. I think I've, I've shared that with many of you guys. I like to read, but our minds always get in the way of the things of God. So we need to take that out of the way and let our hearts set the vision, set the direction for us so we can dream big, dream incredible, incredible things, the things that God has for each and every one of us in our lives and for restoration and for those to come. So, uh, so, so with that, I want to celebrate and thank you for his goodness and be grateful for who he is, uh, for where he's taking us from and where he's taking us into. We're going to glorify Jesus everywhere. If you can go to the next slide, that looks intimidating, but that's the vision that God has given to restoration. We had that the first day. And if you think about the living room picture and the impact that we feel that God is going to take us to, no human mind can come up with that. But we're trusting because God wants to use us, use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And that's what we're going to that's what we're trusting in because that's who we know. That's the God that we know. That's the God that we trust. So let's be unwavering in our conviction and press in more with God because the more we press in with him, the more that we will find our security and our confidence in who we are, sons and daughters of the God most high. Think with an eternal perspective. And we want to desire, we desire to pursue only the things that matter in the kingdom of God. Pursue that with everything that we have. Yeah, it's good to, to get promoted in our jobs. It's good to do well in our jobs. It's good to finish school. It's good to get good grades. Those things are good. But we want to pursue with everything that we have when it comes to the matter of the kingdom of God. And let's be passionate in sharing about our personal relationship with God. Because if we rationalize how to share the gospel, it doesn't really make sense, right? The resurrection, it can't happen. Science can't prove it. So you can't explain that to people, but when you share a personal relationship of how we know God, the experience that we have with Jesus, that's when we can impact people. That's when we can allow his spirit to impact them. It's Jesus, right? We are not the one to reveal, bring salvation to people. Jesus is the only one who can bring revelation of who God is and bring salvation to people. It's not us. I can't save anybody. And Hopefully, I'm not disappointing you guys, but you cannot save anyone either. Only Jesus can do that. So, so that's what we're celebrating today. We just want to celebrate Jesus for the incredible plans that he had, he had given to us individually and corporately and all the incredible blessings and favors that he had given to us. I have a few more things here, but I just want to end this morning because I just, I just feel like I'm kind of rambling on and on. Um, but I, I just really got a sense that we need to get back to trusting God in our hearts and stop thinking too much. We need to use our brains, but we need to trust the, where God is leading us. Be daring. Be bold. Just take a leap of faith. God, you are calling me to go to the nations. I am nobody. I'm just an immigrant. I can barely speak English. I don't speak Spanish, but I'm going to Mexico because, God, I know you're going to use me. I don't know any medical background. I, I think I shared that with you guys. 
I'm, I'm not sophisticated enough to go to Paris. But that's where we're going. There's, God is calling us, not just me, all of us, to go to the nations, to trust in that, have faith in that. Don't think about, well, what I can or cannot do. Just let him take us. And we can impact people. That's how, that's, that's what it means to be obedient to God. That's what it means to take a leap of faith and allow him to work through us and, uh, and share the gospel and advance the kingdom. So, so amen.